You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Looking for the end zone. We'll get there. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, a little crazy night tonight. I was subjected to a tornado warning here in West Central Indiana, so those sirens you heard going off are not for an emergency broadcast, but for an actual emergency. So all is well. The storm is past, and we're here to discuss our beloved New York football giants and some interesting news that happened right before we signed on to record tonight. We're recording this on a Tuesday evening, and uh, why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, I think the the storm just passed its way up to New England and shipped off Brandon Cooks to the Los Angeles Rams. So I guess as everybody has been aware, the Rams were very reportedly interested in Beckham, um, and the Giants are not interested in dealing with him. Uh, So (laughs) dealing him, I should say, not dealing with him. So uh, instead, the Rams had to go to Brandon Cooks in New England. Now, that sets sort of an interesting scenario as the Rams are certainly going towards win-now mode after a really good year last year. The Patriots are sort of – are they heading towards rebuilding mode? I don't know. I mean this seems almost like a Patriots type of move where they always will either sell high or just won't re-sign guys to put them in – a world of hurt down the road. So if you know Tom Brady is 40 and he's, you know, one injury away from potentially being over or just that falling off a cliff year, which has happened to a lot of quarterbacks, maybe that puts them in play for Beckham. Now they have, you know, a couple of first round picks. They have, you know, they have some options if they want to go like one last run and they haven't shied away from, you know, wide receivers in the past that, you know, will make a splash. It might be kind of controversial. So. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're talking about, uh, you know, Chad Ochocinco is one of them. Randy Moss is probably another. I was thinking Randy Moss at yeah. the time. So. Yeah. Well, let's start with one thing. Are the Rams crazy for trading away a first round pick for Brandon Cooks and a fourth? Tra- well, which first round, what first round pick did they pick? What was the, uh, what slot in the first round? So the Patriots traded Brandon Cooks and a fourth round pick to the Rams for the 23rd overall pick in the first round and a sixth round pick. So the Patriots will have 23rd and 31st, right? Yes. So the answer to the question, are the Rams crazy? The answer is no. You don't think <laughs> they're lower... crazy for getting rid of a first round pick just for Brandon Cooks? Is Brandon Cooks that good? Well, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a very reliable wide receiver. I mean, they're trying to re- they're trying to remake this team as fast as they can, the Rams. You know, this isn't for all about winning right right away. This is really for also for hearts and minds in Los Angeles. You know, with until that stadium is built and, you know, what those two teams move in there, that both teams are going to do whatever they can to kind of get hearts and minds for that city to have it as LA's team. So all these moves the Rams are making are to make themselves relevant in the market and to get the upper hand on the Chargers. So it's not just a pure does it make them better play. It makes them, you know, of more interest. 
So some notables on Brandon Cooks. He was drafted in the same year as Odell Beckham. Okay, so he's young. So he's young, but I mean, would you say that their production is anywhere near similar? And Brandon Cooks has played with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Odell Beckham has been the only working part in the Giants offense. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, if he was – had to be featured as much as Beckham was, it might be a little different. You know, those are two offenses that spread the ball all over the place. Um, A different situation. I mean, I guess. I just think they're in a totally different world. I don't put them on the same plane of existence. And I understand now that you're talking about trading the 23rd overall pick for a wide receiver versus trading the 23rd and the 31st for a different wide receiver. I just don't even think it's cl- – there's no way oh. I'm going to trade back him for that. Oh, no, no. Of course not. I, I, I think people are making the jump to say, well, does that put the Patriots in play, you know? Just because they have the two first-round picks, they may be – and I would think would require more than just those two first-round picks. Yeah, those picks suck. It, I, I I understand the Giants would be picking second and then 23rd, 31st, and then 34th. But not to, to for the take away – Not giving up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think it's crazy. I think it's more likely the Patriots are gearing up for a complete overhaul. Uh, Tom Brady has – played at MVP level last year, but there's just a certain point where you, you have to be ready for him to not be there. Julian Edelman coming off of a big injury. Gronk, you know, could was mulling over retirement after years and years of abuse on his body. And, and, and a defense that sucked most of the year and then lost his defensive coordinator and yeah. lost his offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I have to oh, think no, that's that... not true. I, I take that back. Did not lose the offense. They did for about yeah, seven right. hours. <laughs> I think everybody they, in Indianapolis, the heart sank just when you said that. Yeah, the other tornado that blew through here was when that did happen. So. <laughs> uh, but, but the thing about the uh, Patriots, and we've seen this happen a million times, is on draft day, they start you know trading down, trading down, flipping yeah. picks, acquiring picks, acquiring picks. So the more assets they have in the beginning, you know, these are not the final assets they're going to have at the end of the draft, after the end of day three and day four. That's a really so, good point, yeah. I yeah, uh, already I think the the rumors flying, it went from rumors of Beckham going to the Rams squashed one minute, and literally the next minute was somebody saying that they were going to ship him to New England instead. So that that hasn't been squashed at all. No, I mean I I think that's good. I like to have these kind of smoke screens and these misdirections between now and draft day. Let's get the other you know thirty one teams in the league guessing what we're going to do. This is kind of like, this is fine with me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I am enjoying the fact that nobody really knows. Everybody thinks they know, but nobody knows what the Giants are going to do. And one of the things I had heard is that the Cleveland Browns were trying to pretend to be in love with Sam Darnold to try and get the Giants to move up in the draft, and the Giants didn't fall for it. Right. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that goes on, and that's why this smokescreen game is so important. Right, and don't take anything you're reading seriously. I mean, it's fun to watch, you know, sit there with your Michael Jackson meme with the popcorn, but it doesn't mean anything, and don't take any of it too seriously. Yeah. So this is all, and and in in keeping with that narrative, uh, I've read stories that the Giants were in on Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley in back to back scrolls through my Twitter this morning. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody knows, and that's that's really good. I'm not, and and to be honest, they they don't know. They're building up guys and a big board for every scenario that plays out on draft day. And if they get blown away with a trade offer for the number two pick, I have to think that they're going to take it. I think so as well. There, there, we've gone over this episode after episode after episode that there are so many holes to fill on this roster that the big splashy. You know, get this quarterback because he's a name or get Saquon Barkley because he's a name and because people in the Northeast know who he is. That's not how you build, you know, basically a gutting and rebuilding of a franchise. And we've we've said this a 100 times, you know, especially you. you You're drafting a player, not the position. Yeah. And if they don't like any of these guys, which we, you know, we don't think anybody's in love with any of these quarterbacks. Yeah, it's hard to be. But, you know, as you were saying, the, this team is full of holes. Uh, you know, the one hole that we're going to go over here is outside linebacker spot. And with the switch to 3-4, this spot is pretty scary thin. So mm-hmm. as we look at this, I have to think that Olivier Vernon is going to be going to a two-point stance, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and I think Kareem Martin is going to be a guy who moves around a little bit. He'll probably play a little bit of a defensive end, and he'll stand up and rush just like he did in Arizona. But beyond that, outside linebacker spot, just you know, guys you don't want me to say their names. Ray Ray Armstrong, Thurston Armbruster. That's, I'd rather that's have it. Thurston Howell right now. <laughs> so it seems like the Giants are not going to be bringing back Jonathan Casillas or Keenan Robinson. Well, also, too, we got to figure that, and I think we've heard them say that this is a bit of a hybrid defense. They're going to go to the strengths of what they have on the roster. So if we look back, you know, look ahead three years from now, we might see a completely different version of this defense based on the personnel that they bring in. I mean, they have to kind of deal whatever hand they have right now and just makeshift it for right now. Yeah. Um, And I think the more versatile a guy is, the more – He's going to thrive in James Betcher's defense. You know, guys that can play inside linebacker, guys who can drop into coverage, who can blitz, who can set the edge, you know, rush the passer. These guys will be moved all over the field. And that's why Arizona was so successful is that they had a plethora of guys that they could move around and disguise coverage and disguise blitzes. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there's not a whole lot of that on this roster. So I have to think that when they go shopping in free agency if they so desire or if they you know start looking to the draft the more versatile guys are the more likely they're going to move up the board in the eyes of james betcher <clears throat> you don't think there's any and this chance... is going to be a multi-year oh yeah yeah this will this will be a multi-year rebuild yeah yeah so don't think that rome is built in a day and they're going to you know have their three or four draft picks and maybe one more cut down day signee and open away we go that's our defense for the next four years this is going to take some time to to redo this that's not to say they can't make a run if the right guys are picked and all that stuff but it, it, this this is a run a is a run rebuild. is ahead of schedule yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. A run would be significantly ahead of schedule uh so some free agents that are out there at the outside linebacker position uh is james harrison somebody to even consider talking about mm, i don't think so yeah i don't think so either <laughs> Um, I do think he'll play somewhere next year, but he's sort of at this point just kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, and the Giants need way more than that. I, I'd be he, interested in D Ford from Kansas City. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but going back to your your Harrison point for a second, you you just went this whole missive of how Betcher likes 
you know, guys that are, you know, multifaceted in what they do and Harrison is not that. So that kind of just wipes it right off. No, I mean, at one point in his career he was, but now he's over 40 and I think, right? At one point. He's 38, 39, I think. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting old. So, yeah, I don't know, given the, uh, given the budget that's left in the cap and the free agent pool that's available, I don't know that the Giants are going to be shopping for this position. And it's part of the reason why they had to trade for Alec Ogletree in the middle or Mm -hmm. the inside. Uh, There's just not a whole lot out there and they don't have a ton of money. So, this is probably going to be a draft position. And we went over some guys last week that might play the defensive end position who might also stand up and those are Bradley Chubb and Marcus Davenport are guys definitely to consider because they can do those two two spots um but I know you've watched this guy quite a bit so I want to know what you think of LSU's Arden Key LSU is a very you know stingy solid defense you know very tough to run on um you have to be like that in the SEC West. Um, he's one of the anchors of that defense. You know, a guy I, you know, I'd certainly would like to to, to take. I mean, where, where's the projection from? What round? It's a little bit all over the place because he has the tools, but he didn't quite put up the pass rushing production that was expected of him, and he comes with a bit of off the field issues. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely round one talent. Definitely not two overall, but round one talent. Um, but could fall into early round two also. Yeah, well, I, I, if he's around in round two, he's definitely a guy who I would consider for sure. I mean, I remember seeing him getting in our backfield quite a bit when he played against Florida. So, yeah, and I, I watched that game, and Florida's O line isn't really anything to sucks. Yeah, How about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say compared to an NFL roster, but of course, right? Yeah. Or even really a you know. A top-notch SEC offensive line, either, but still, you got to you got to produce. And of course, in yeah. a game like that, he he did so. Um, another guy who might actually be better served as a defensive end, but sort of played a little all over the place was Ohio State's Sam Hubbard. Uh, you know, he's projected really high by a lot of guys, but when I watched his tape, I was not too enthusiastic. You know, he's big and strong, but still somehow has trouble disengaging from blocks. He's not very fast. He can't, you know, get around the edge very quickly. Um, I just think he's better served as a defensive end that's going to plug stuff up, and I don't really think that's what the Giants need right now. Let me ask you a question for, you know, all your analysis. We've gone over quite a bit of Ohio State guys in the last couple of weeks during yeah. these little things. Do you find that Ohio State recruits coming out or, you know, draft prospects coming out or well-coached, or they a lot of them are just natural talent that needs to be molded. I think this is not the first time you've mentioned someone from Ohio State that, you know, the physical tools are there but may not be the best in technique. Uh, I mean, that's certainly possible. I think that the team in general is well-coached, and uh, because of they, they go into games with game plans, right? So mm-hmm. positionally, I don't know that they're well-coached, but they're able to win a lot uh, based on an overall game plan. And they've collected guys with a lot of natural talent, like you say. I will say a lot of Ohio State guys are overrated coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they are this – behind Bama, they are the best recruiting team year in and year out. If you look mm-hmm. at the last – you know, especially since Urban Meyer has been there. 
mean, it's Ohio, it's Alabama and Ohio State. I was just curious what you thought, but you know, looking at the tape and seeing are these guys making that leap from you know can't miss prospects through college and now getting ready for the the pros. What you're seeing is their well, you know, technique is there, it's very sound, or is it, you know, still, you know, natural ability that jumps out on the page. I would say it's more natural ability that jumps out and they're not being coached very well positionally, but the exception would probably be DBs. The last couple of DBs that have come out of Ohio State have been, you know, exceptional and ready to go. I mean, the two corners that came out last year and, you know, Malik Hooker, the safety that came out, you know, those guys were exceptional. And Denzel Ward coming out this year is no different. So uh, I think the the defensive backfield for the team has been really good. But, you know, in the other skill positions, I mean, can you name of, you know, wide receivers or running backs that are coming out of Ohio State or quarterbacks? Not really. I mean, it's a lot of... Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you got that one. <laughs> Um, I, most of the guys that we're looking at are defensive guys. Yeah, and they that's, seem that's a was, little wild. And that's what I was focusing more on the defensive side of the ball. I know on offense, I know, you know, Urban. He's an offensive guy. Those guys, you know, coming back to the Florida days are very sound. You know, especially in the NFL, they have longer NFL careers than I expected on some of these guys. I was curious what you thought about the defense. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked for a pattern, but. You know, now that you mention it, it certainly seems to be that way. Especially the uh, the trenches guys. They're just like they have the NFL body, and so they get by by getting in the way. But and coming up on next week's episode of Just Buckeyes, we yeah. will discuss <laughs> their non conference schedule. Um, moving moving forward to some other guys. There's a guy that I really like, and you've probably seen a lot of him. I mean, he's you know part of the. Uh, went to the national championship, but Lorenzo Carter from Georgia Mm -hmm. uh, outside linebacker with excellent speed. He's got the right body shape. It's just, you know, he's only 250 pounds, but he has the right frame to add muscle, add weight. Um, I like the way he plays. He's a good blitzer. He handles, handles himself well in coverage, you know, even in man to man coverage on tight ends. Uh, And he plays with good pad level, which is one of the things that I see most wrong with these guys that are extra strong is they don't get the right leverage because they don't need to. Uh, But he does. Now I feel like Georgia, I feel is a team that coaches a defense well. And you see these guys are all fundamentally sound. I mean, they're going to have 10 guys graduating this year or leaving early to go to the pros and just watch their development as these guys get picked off by the NFL and stuff. They, you know, Obviously, the talent is there. Kirby Smart did a great job of recruiting the last couple of years, getting defensive guys. But he's a defensive genius, and you can see it watching guys like him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just the way they changed – just not to get too off the subject, but it's sort of, you know, in line here. But playing against Oklahoma, they were getting shredded in the first half with Baker Mayfield moving around in the pocket. Come the second half, they decide to switch up the defensive strategy to keep Baker Mayfield in the, in the pocket, and the game flipped entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lorenzo Carter is part of that. You know, if you watch him in the first half, he's sort of beelining it to the quarterback, you know, missing on his first strike and Mayfield's rolling out. Come the second half, he's sort of containing him, keeping him in the pocket and bad throws start happening, wild stuff, you know, a lot more sacks because he can't see over his lineman. He's a shorter quarterback. I, I mean, I think Lorenzo Carter is a well-coached player with all the physical tools. I think that... He's for some reason a sleeper in this draft. I'm not really sure why, but 
I, he could fall to rounds three or four, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. If he's hanging around in rounds three or four, he'll be a New York Giant. <laughs> I, I should hope so. Now, I don't know if you've seen a lot of this guy, but uh, he's a Florida player. Uh, Josh Sweat from Florida State. I have. So why don't you tell me I, what you think? Yeah, I saw – I was actually following his recruiting You know, when he picked Florida oh. State and uh, – <laughs> Another beast, a little bit of an underachiever, I think, in college. I mean, he was a five-star, might have been high school defensive player of the year, I think, coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, another one of these guys when Florida State, you know, very, very fast defense. They've always had these fast guys who can hit, and uh, he fits right into that mold also. What, what's your take on him? Well, I think part of the reason he didn't produce was because – and this is a major red flag, and this is probably why he's going to fall completely out of the, uh, maybe even all the way to to Saturday, but definitely will not be picked on Thursday. Because he's um, a knoll. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he has not apparently fully healed from a high school injury from when he was a senior, uh, a knee issue, and he played with a knee brace all throughout his time at Florida State, and it has flared up, and no matter what, you know, the trainers have been able to have attempted uh it has apparently not gained back its full functionality or whatever mm-hmm. um and you know because of that he didn't get the same kind of playing time you'd want he's coming out early um you know understandably he's coming out early since you know i guess if any one hit could end his career this is the time to do it but right right, right. um you know with that he needs to gain experience as a stand up rusher uh, you know his body type. Everything about him is screaming three-four strong side linebacker. Uh, but he didn't play as a stand-up rusher a whole lot at Florida State. He was very much in the dirt, and so he didn't get that experience. Other than that, he has the speed, the power, the pad level. Um, the only other thing is that he's a little bit slow off the ball. Um, but other than that, medical red flag, I would say first-round talent. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Um, the only other guy that I really, really, really like, and I've been banging the drum for this guy all year, was uh, Oklahoma's outside linebacker. I believe I'm pronouncing this sorry. It's Obonio Okoronkwo. Um, you know, he's not the athletic freak that these other guys are. You know, he's only 6'1". He's 250 pounds. He's very compact. He's got tight hips. He's He doesn't – when you see him run, he doesn't look like a, a track and field guy or – you know, anything like that. But when you watch him play, he's a playmaker and he's just a straight up good football player. He's disruptive and violent. He's good against the run. He just sort of barrels through guys. You know, he has decent coverage ability. Uh, he did it a lot at Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is a good team, but he's an excellent tackler, which is something that, you know, is becoming a lost art in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- huh? this is a guy who might fall to the third or fourth. I'd, Certainly like to have him as well, especially with his experience and coverage. Well, let's, you know, we're talking about a couple of guys who might drop and we would pick up. So the way you're talking, it sounds like you don't look at this position as, you know, one of the highest, you know, needs in the draft. Like, you know, you're saying to call these guys, if they fall all around or two, we might pick them up. But you're not looking to target linebacker like this, you know, as early as we can. I mean, obviously not with the second pick, but, you know. A high second round pick. It's really difficult to it's really difficult to 
find a guy who's going to fit in that range, right? So, you know, we talked about Bradley Chubb is certainly the only one worth considering in the top 10. Uh, and, you know, obviously if Bradley Chubb is there, uh, it's something worth considering. He can definitely be an impact player. Marcus Davenport is another one who's first-round talent, but you're you're doing a lot of upside work there. You know, you're you're working a lot with his high ceiling and not so much what he was able to do. And he's coming from a small school, Texas, San Antonio. Uh, you know, those are the big guys. And then we see Arden Key, like we said, you know, if he falls to the second round because of all the field issues, it's definitely somebody to consider. But he may tumble out of Thursday. He may tumble to late Thursday. Um, and, you know, I wasn't in love with Sam Hubbard. I'm not in love with Harold Landry. And then there's a drop off there. Uh, quite frankly, uh, Lorenzo Carter is probably going to be a round three pick. Uh, Okoronkwo as well. I have no idea what Josh Sweat's going to be. So, I mean, again, I'm picking player. I'm not picking position. I would certainly love to have an all-world outside linebacker on this team to rush the passer, but it right. seems like it's Bradley Chubb and then a bunch of question marks and then the second tier there. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I've got for the outside linebacker. So like I said, you know, James Betcher is going to like guys who can move around a little bit. And next week we're going to go into the inside linebacker spot. And there's some guys there that can play inside and outside. So they're going to be high up the chain also, just like Bradley Chubb and Marcus Davenport are for playing, you know, with a hand in the dirt or standing up. So that'll be, that'll be next week. And those guys are going to have a higher priority. Gotcha. Yeah. So... You know, next week, iTunes, SoundCloud, Just Giants. Follow us on Twitter at, at Just Giants Pod, and you can find all my ramblings and arguing on Twitter <laughs> at football <laughs> underscore grump. You can catch me as always on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, and be sure on iTunes and SoundCloud to leave us a five star rating and a nice, happy, smiley review. The more reviews and ratings we get, the more Giant fans we can reach. So please take a moment and do that for us. Yeah, let your friends know too. If you have any other giant fan friends that need a daily dose or weekly dose, or a weekly of, dose, <laughs> or just listen to it, listen to it seven times this week. What, yeah. what do we care? <laughs> Every morning when you go into work, put on exactly. Hey, listen, you listen to songs a thousand times. You binge the, sh- the same shows you've seen a hundred times. Listen to this episode nine times. <laughs> Memorize the lines so when you're at work, you can. You know, you can quote us. Pass it off as your own information. Exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. Go Giants. Go Giants. Let's go Giants!